<laughs> I tried to really punctuate it there. <laughs> this is Drew here with my little sister, Ashley. Hello. No one else, just us two for this very <laughs> intimate discussion. No comment? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, you are listening to New Release, a movie podcast with a time traveling twist. Episode 130. Oh, my. It's pretty good. Yeah, that's a lot of episodes. Yeah, we just keep cranking them out. But Ashley, when the heck are we this week? I don't even know. I mean, <laughs> I got replaced by two hockey bros in 1992 with a duck. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, it's fall, y'all. Leaves are changing and shit. Then, just when I'm about to quit the podcast forever... You showed up at my house in 2022 dressed like a scarecrow from The Wizard of Oz. Very interesting choice. And then asked me if I wanted to dance. And I was like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> that doesn't sound like me, but uh, I guess. Brain. Well, what would you do with a brain if you had one? Do? Why, if I had a brain, I could... I could while away the hours Conferring with the flowers mm -hmm. Consulting with the rain and my head I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. I'd unravel every riddle for any individual in trouble or in pain. With the thoughts you'd be thinking you could be another Lincoln if you only had a brain. All right. What a, <laughs> what a dance number we just performed. Yep. Pretty good. Pretty choreographed. Yeah. Um, exactly like the one from the movie that we watched, but more on that um, uh, in a minute. I forgot what, about that. Yeah. What is showing at the box office this week? Well, since we're here in 2022, 2022 already, and it's officially <laughs> horror movie season, why don't we watch a new horror movie set in 1918 that's a prequel to an X-rated slasher also from 2022 set in 1979-9? <laughs> Uh, okay get it get that <laughs> following i i'm just as lost as you in time and space and movie history but let's do it do you want to do you want to set the stage with the poster before we jump in sure there's this beautiful young lady on the cover with bright red lipstick and bright red blood covered hands um and then you see in front of her a little small black and white figure of herself with a giant axe. And then there's cartoon blood trailing down the middle of the poster. And it awesome. says the extraordinary origin story, Mia Goth mm. and Pearl. Emphasis on the X because it's a prequel to a movie that just came out. Correct. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yep. All right. Well, we're going to talk about both Pearl and x this week so before i play the trailer for pearl we don't give spoiler warnings because we're spoiling movies from you know 30 years <laughs> earlier typically but we are gonna talk about x because we've both seen that and like that a lot so yeah be warned here we go from the world of x a stunning technicolor nightmare you are not well pearl it's clever, violent, and wicked. I will not let you leave this farm. Breathtakingly scary. You Pearl, only beaters. Ooh. All right. We just got out of Pearl. Oh, and we just experienced a uh, five to ten minutes extended smile 
scene <laughs> through the through the yeah, credits. Yeah, I watched the I, entire. I couldn't stop. I was like, I'll just sit here the whole time and can see what happens. Yeah, it is so transfixing that it's one of those rare movies where I watched the, the credits start playing over the main character Mia Mia Goth playing Pearl. Uh, she starts off with kind of like a half smile concerned expression on her face basically oh, right yeah. where the movie ends and then it just turns into a more strained more forced more veiny <laughs> smile yeah. the longer the credits roll over her and like a pinhole uh cinema a pinhole camera effect like starts to crop in on her face yeah so it's inc- it's an incredible performance by her i mean let's just start with oh man mia, mia goth who plays uh do you want to explain her role in x real quick since that happens well since that movie ha- came out first yeah so in x she is a wannabe porn star but she's like getting into it um super young girl she wants to be famous and she has the it factor yeah potentially the so. x factor yeah, the X factor, um, the X factor of the it girl. Um, so, yeah, so she's yeah, just a cute little like girl getting into porn. Yeah, <laughs> but what's what's there's a big twist in X or kind of like a production twist. Right. That Mia Goth is the main character in a sense, like the audience surrogate. Well, <laughs> that's a weird way to put it. The <laughs> yeah. character that we're following, like the journey of in X, mm-hmm. while meanwhile, Characters are getting murdered uh, throughout the movie in horrific ways, fed to alligators, um, run over by cars, um, chopped into bits. And uh, by this like um, older, fleshy woman, um, with gray, <laughs> stringy gray hair, you know, flaps of skin, mostly naked. She's very um, horny yeah, as well. Super horny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so... It turns out at the end of the movie, we wait. It's they don't even ever like. There's no reveal in the movie, but in the credits, and then if you kind of like, you start to pick up on the parallels between Mia uh, Goth's character and X and uh, Pearl, mm-hmm. which is the name of the older woman, which obviously will lead into the movie that we're uh, <laughs> talking about today. So anyway, Mia Goth is playing both roles in X. And I honestly didn't know that until recently. So yeah, and and it was like I didn't, I wasn't spoiled from that like productional gimmick when I saw X, and I'm not patting myself on the back, but like it did dawn on me. May I, I guess towards the end of watching it, I immediately looked it up afterwards, and was like, oh yeah, okay, because it kind of it just like clicked at the very end of the movie. Mm, okay, even though they yeah. don't like they don't draw attention to it. Right, because I didn't see that at all, and then and I don't, had to do. It some, doesn't look yeah. like like you're not supposed to recognize her. No, I was just like, well, they made this old woman look terrible. Yeah, and that's all I thought of. I didn't know it was like Mia Goth when it's like crazy heavy prosthetics and like they did an incredible yeah. job. So. Yes, so in Pearl, she's able to play. Um, how old is the character in in Pearl? Sixteen. Like, okay, yeah, because this is set in nineteen eighteen. Mm-hmm. and X is set in 79. So yep. she is able to play, you know, like the young version of herself. And so that she's anyway, she's playing three characters in the franchise so far. And then there's going to be a third movie, Maxine. Maxine, 
which is set in the mid 80s amongst the video revolution, which has a dramatic impact on adult films going from having to see them in adult movie theaters to being able to rent them at home, cheaper filmmaking techniques, uh, just completely changes the the game. So that's what Maxine will focus on. But how did you like... So X had this cool like 70s horror aesthetic, awesome. really um, grainy like filmmaking, a lot of emphasis because they were actually shooting porn in X. It's but it's like through a lens of love of cinematography. One of the characters mm-hmm. is a you know obviously a cinematographer, so they're showing he's putting a real artistic stamp on the production. Um, Pearl is basically Mia Goth trying to escape this uh, the, the farm that she lives on, and they're German immigrants. Yep. Yeah. So they are like, and it's during World World War One, so they're. Um, having to kind of hide the fact that they're, you know, their their heritage. They have to be careful. It's just it's a hostile environment, and so her mom is very overbearing and and doesn't want her to leave the farm. They have an invalid. Uh, her father is an, is invalid, and they are taking care of him. So her mother's not in a great position there. But how did you enjoy spending time in the? Uh, teens versus the <laughs> 70s. Um, I really like this movie a lot. It starts off, and you didn't even touch on this, but it starts off in like a Wizard of Oz slash Mary Poppins kind of feel. So yeah. it's like this like cool, like instead of like that 70s eight, like that 70s like camcorder, that kind of cinematography, it's really like bright and beautiful and like bubbly and cheery, although there's like really dark things happening. And Technicolor. I like that. Just- yeah, Technicolor. And I like that juxtaposition a lot. Cause so I was like, oh, it's just like so cheery. And then you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> gets pretty dark. But no, I um I don't know if so I went to see it with a friend as mm-hmm. well. And he actually likes this movie better than X. So I thought that was interesting. Um, I really like this movie. I wouldn't say better than X, but I thoroughly enjoyed it and I'm really excited for the third one. Um Mia Goth is incredible. Yeah, it. Have you heard her in interviews? I haven't. She no. Has this, like, we'll we'll play. I don't know if that's the clip I have or not, but well, she has like this kind of like mousy voice, so she has a very interesting delivery and presence. And you know, the the first X hinges on both movies hinge on this uh, unexplainable it factor, like you like you mentioned, like you said, and. Mm-hmm. She she has it, but not in a traditional sense. That's why she's such an interesting performer. Mm, yeah, she's... it's it's hard to it's hard to describe exactly like what is so engaging about her. Mm-hmm. She's not like a bombshell type. She's not. She doesn't have a. She's kind of like goofy in in a way in this movie. She feels unnatural at times. She's obviously sociopathic. She doesn't yeah. really seem <laughs> she's very disconnected from reality. Her whole goal in life is to escape this life on her farm and um become a star. Yeah. And she's yeah, she's cute, a bit awkward. Yeah. It's just yeah, not the typical, which is interesting. I mean, she's yeah, I just can't get over how good she was. <laughs> yeah, and we won't even open the can of worms of her personal life and the 
person oh. she, she's married to and has a kid with. So because oh, who's she? Oh, can you open it really quickly? I'll open it and then shut it. Shia Shia LaBeouf. Oh, I didn't know they were married. Yeah, they have been married. They were together through all the um nymphomaniac stories that came out well they i think they met on nymphomaniac yeah. and he was with if fka twigs and then she accused him of you know cheating giving her um an std and all oh. sorts of, of of drama you know not telling him her that he was sleeping with other people and um getting her sick and oh. and but like the reason I didn't want to bring it up is because I don't want to assume, pretend to know the workings of him and Mia Goth's relationship. Right. <laughs> yeah. What, I didn't know they were re- still that together. On her. What's going on? Yeah. 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 yeah so that aside, now. her acting was probably the best acting I've seen in a long time. She had yeah. that nine minute monologue where I was like so lost in it that when it was done, I was like, oh my gosh, like she and it's like a single shot. It was incredible. It's the, the highlight of the movie, uh, yeah. aside from, you know, some fun, fun kills and <laughs> and fun imagery. Like, can you describe more of what is revealed in that scene and kind of uh, set it up? Um, or, you know, just read the whole monologue. <laughs> it's just OK. She's basically admitting to her sister-in-law, her husband's. Yeah, her husband's sister all the evil doing she's done in the past basically week that's unfolded um yeah. and it starts off like innocently and she's like oh like it start. it's kind of like a, you know typical like sociopath serial killer um and she's like oh i just started with like killing like small little creatures that didn't have feelings and then what i've done lately is just the worst and then i just couldn't then i just couldn't stop and then the projectionist and she goes on this whole monologue and just unravels completely in front of this poor sister-in-law um it's oh, it's hard to watch. And she goes from like, she goes through all the different emotion sets, which is pretty impressive. Um, oh, man. Yeah, she can. Fa- <laughs> well, they set up this kind of like role playing gimmick yeah. where Mia Goth's like her husband's in the war and he's been gone maybe close to like right after they got married. And, you know, nobody knows when they're going to uh, when their husband or loved one is either going to they're going to get word that they're dead or they're just going to show up back at their doorstep which he does at the end of this movie (laughs) to very disturbing realizations so but they they, but mia goth is like or the sister-in-law is like well why don't you practice on me you know she's like i I really want to tell him some some things and (laughs) and so she's just mia goth goes full the character goes full into like role-playing mode and it's it's not like her pretending that she's talking to her husband it's like her she's like zoned out and in this trance Mm -hmm. and like actually talking to him and we believe it and the we do get reaction shots of the stepsister but she's so uh, floored or so disturbed by what she's hearing that she's just kind of in shock she doesn't respond at any point in the nine minutes right no yeah she just listens which is Mm -hmm. great listening and yeah. we we find out, you know, in addition, I guess it's all is it all things we've seen in the movie, like her sleeping with the projectionist dude, yeah, her killing people, letting your mom on fire, yeah, your dad, yeah, it was all things we've seen, so it was nothing like us, nothing surprising for the audience, but yeah, so we know, but this is her confessing to uh, multiple characters that enter her life are immediately doomed because she is 
horrible at hiding yeah kind of like this darkness in her or you know the wild mood swings that she has when she goes to the when she goes to the audition you're just like kind of waiting for her to snap and kill everyone yep in yep. the barn uh but she doesn't do that she just kills her sister-in-law yeah after <laughs> who, well she has to <laughs> after she yeah she has everything. to because she confesses she has yeah. to kill the she doesn't necessarily have to kill the projectionist she might have just been mad that he as soon as her mom is a really interesting character because she's pretty she's very harsh and uh, fairly horrible to her and stifling her dreams but she's sympathetic in the sense that she's been dealing with an invalid husband for uh for who knows how long yeah and they're treated differently because of where they immigrated from and all sorts of you know they're just struggling to survive basically so the mom is sympathetic but then she'll say things to pearl like um as soon as people find out what you're truly like they're going to be scared of you and they're going to yeah, run away want nothing you. to do with you yeah yeah which is true i mean right <laughs> it's true in the context of the movie now maybe some of that could have been avoided with more love and, and nurture and who knows like whether you can change someone is is fundamentally fucked up as pearl or not right but and i was rooting for yeah. no her mom doesn't help at all and i was honestly i was rooting for her to get that part <laughs> yeah i know it's like basically they were just looking for a blonde um you know a different all physical american type. looking yeah, yeah. But I yeah, really I, wanted her to get it. I was like, let's go, Pearl. I was like cheering for her. But you she know. does an awesome audition. The 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 movie like kind of fades from reality into a dream sort of sequence where you see her as if she was actually performing in the show with other dancers and she's the center of the performance and does an awesome job. This is like yeah. presumably what she's seen in her head during her audition. So she's again like able to uh, disconnect from reality but in a helpful performative way in both cases she gives incredible performances mm -hmm. uh, and channels just like this raw emotion inside of her yeah and it'd be i mean for the movie to be i mean it has like five characters maybe and obviously she's the main one like she carries it like yes. she's so good like i mean you're really excited for the third one what yeah uh, you so you brought up like I don't think people really need to come or pick a favorite between this and X. If, if that's what you're doing, I felt like X was a more satisfying, entertaining, full, you know, horror movie and yeah. slasher movie and, and like a more conventional sense. This was more of a character <laughs> piece. Right. So it expanded my appreciation for X. I'm not sure how I would feel about it as a standalone. I think I would still love it, but mm -hmm. they're just, they're just perfect companion pieces as they were designed. Yeah. And it's nice to see like the set and like everything again. I don't know. I yeah. just like being like, oh, and this scene was like similar to this scene and this with the alligator and this with this and how, the way she was like brushing her hair and like certain things. That was cool to like pick up little. Well, ties. it's so tragic, though. I mean, you know, which where she goes from here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, like you said, it's 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 nostalgic for us in this move in the short time period that we've spent <laughs> with these characters and sets that we get to return. But she's never left. 
No. Yeah. (laughs) And well, and like when you just watch X and not Pearl, they're like, oh, and she's like, oh, I used to be a dancer. And you're like, oh, that seems so cool. And she never got to see her dream, which is so sad. Yeah. We don't know in X that like we know that she now she's this old undesirable, you know, woman who's murdering everyone. But we learn that she had dreams too just like the who's the what's the character's name in in x oh yeah so pearl obviously you know had dreams which we see more of but we don't see this movie leaves off where her with her husband coming home from from the war yeah and pearl having staged this like final dinner with her dead parents and it's uh, her mom's like mutilated corpse, her dad's bloated corpse that she because she smothered him to death, which in a yeah. one sense putting him out of his misery, but clearly not a um, moral thing to do. So he comes home like a, a couple weeks after she staged that uh, dead dinner party. And everything's covered in maggots. And obviously yeah. the house is uh, reeks. And she's just in the kitchen pouring some lemonade. Just getting ready for the yeah. day. And his, and what's also crazy and tragic is he is, uh, her husband character is in yeah. uh, X. Howard stays. So yeah. he <laughs> stays by <laughs> whatever it means. Her, we don't is, know. her name is Maxine, by the way. Oh, duh. And X, yeah, that makes sense. She's up, Maxine. And, picking yeah. up there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a porn name. Who knows? Uh, yeah. It doesn't matter. Um, so, but we don't know what happens in the 50 years, how many years, uh, however many years between X and Pearl in terms of her and Howard and Pearl and Howard's relationship. We just know that he's still around. Yeah, it's 60 years, 61 years. Yeah. 1918 to 1979. So presumably <laughs> they were just kind of living on this farm him maybe as a hostage maybe just i can't really uh, do you have any any kind of uh interpretations of i think that that? he was shocked but he also saw so much in the war that he's probably a little insane as well (laughs) yeah that's my thought it's hard for me to come up with an optimistic view or, or like a mutually agreed upon view like, I just don't want to kill feel him. like he's held hostage. I want it to be more like he's also crazy, but he wants to take care of her. Yeah, that's I mean, it's definitely possible. I think that's nicer. <laughs> it's 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 nicer. I can't remember all the details that are revealed about their relationship in X because he's kind of the one that is that the the uh, pornographers meet when they come to the rent the property. And, and so they have a lot of interactions with him. He's totally He's mentally sound. Um, yeah. And we he don't just has see... to like rein her in the whole movie or tries to. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe <laughs> by <laughs> what, uh, maybe what happens at the end of the movie, uh, right where the movie leaves off uh, after the smiles as they sit down at the table and she has the conversation with him that but she, she had with have... his sister. Yeah. And he takes it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and they I just mean, he's going to find out like his, her parents are gone. There's like, you know, yeah. I mean, ah. yeah. Man. <laughs> so it's a, it's a, this very disturbing in the sense of like filling in the details between Pearl and X. And I really appreciated it for that. 
like you said, Mia Goth's performance is incredible. I found the kills in this one a little bit beside the point. It's not as much of a like hardcore about slasher yeah. as X. No. Um, some of the Wizard of Oz parallels that you mentioned are... Uh, we do have a clip that we'll play later with the uh, a reviewer kind of saying like how many beats it takes from Wizard of Oz. And that's interesting. The director, Ty West, dismissed it a little bit. He was like, yeah, that's there, but it's not it quite as <laughs> direct <laughs> as you're as you're describing. Mm-hmm. So, oh, the other thing I wanted to talk about was the production. Did you uh, read anything or know anything about how these movies were made together in, in secret? Yeah, I just know that he wrote this one during quarantine. And then while he had the cast and crew, he's like, well, I mean, everyone like we're already quarantined in like a remote place. We might as well film another thing while we're there. And I have the crew available, which is really yeah. cool. Um, yeah. Obviously none of us knew about it. And then all of a sudden it's like, and some theaters actually got like a teaser trailer to Pearl, which we didn't, I didn't get. Oh, oh you so. mean to Maxine? Oh no. To Pearl from X. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, cause so. I feel like this story. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't hear about it until uh, pretty recently. Yeah. So that's I interesting. Think- Maybe they maybe people didn't even know if it was like a real thing or just like a kind of a joke, like mm-hmm. a fake Marvel like stinger yeah, at the end of the movie. Like a, yeah, because it says a trailer was shown at the end of theatrical screenings of X in like certain territories, but I didn't get to see that. So yeah, that I saw X on home video, of course. Oh yeah. <laughs> so didn't didn't see that one in theaters. Mm-hmm. What was what I wasn't sure about until I looked into it uh, as well was that. They were filming X. Him and Mia Mia Goth is credited as co-writer on this. So they were, Mm -hmm. which makes sense. I mean, (laughs) she was like mm, holding up the entire movie. So she she worked with with Ty West on uh, the big speeches and everything, I presume, to make it more in her voice. And so they were doing that. And I wasn't sure like if he went rogue or how I mean, in hindsight, that's completely unrealistic. You're not going to have the money and and uh, the buy-in for everyone to make a whole nother feature movie without uh, <laughs> finances from the studio. So mm-hmm. this is an A24 movie, and uh, before X, long before X could be released, obviously, they pitched them the idea of making Pearl uh, right after, and to A24's credit. They agreed, you know, without, uh, I assume, without having even seen any um, final footage from X. So, yeah, <laughs> which I mean, is crazy. Yeah. So that's really <laughs> cool. They were, it was, it was probably an economical way to do it. But if X hadn't been good or successful, it might have backfired. Yeah. They could have had two flops in their hands. So. Yeah. And now <laughs> they have three hard hits. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, anything else to say about this? Um, I wish I want to point out that Pearl's mother's German was like, um, she just learned it really quickly before shooting it and convinced like two people on set that she was actually German because it was so oh, wow. good, <laughs> which is really impressive. She was also an ex as well. I she was saw like the, that. But... She was the intimacy coordinator, but I don't really quite remember. I'd have to oh, rewatch X. Okay. Um, but I just thought her German was really impressive and obviously other people did too. So, right. 
Pearl's connection with the animals on the farm is notable. She they're yeah. basically her audience. The, mm-hmm. the the cows and the geese or whatever else is in there. Um, she kills ducks and feeds them to her pet gator, which will play yeah. a part in well, it plays a part in this movie because she drives the or pushes the car of the film projector dude into the water for the gator to eat. But she's also able to like go in the gator's uh, birthing layer and yep. remove eggs just for her pleasure of squeezing them, which is really gross. I thought she was gonna. Gr- I thought she was gonna like keep it and like grow it as her own. That's the one that yep. appears in the next movie. But I was wrong. I think I was kind of uh, on that same wavelength, and I don't know the lifespan of uh, alligators. I know it's it's very long. <laughs> so yeah, like, presumably she just has this connection, much like play class. Uh, play placid like placid with betty white (laughs) has her uh feeds the gators her livestock in form and they they don't fuck with her so yeah alligators (laughs) live 30 to 50 years so okay i don't know if the math checks out then Uh, maybe it it doesn't check out come on they they do well they do no they they don't have like distinguishing birthmarks so we can assume it's a new a new gator that appears in x Mm -hmm. (laughs) all right well Chomp, chomp. I love, uh, since we're on the subject real quick, one of my favorite shots in all of X was like an overhead showing the, the gator moving through the water. Oh, Just incredible. Awesome. Yeah. That was and so it's, intense. It's long before they actually pay it off with the gator eating someone. Mm-hmm. It, You know, Chekhov's gator is going to <laughs> go off at some point in the movie. In this movie, they the first kill is her uh stabbing a a duck through the neck with a pitchfork and taking it down to the dock and holding it up for the gator and then like pearl comes on over top of the gator yeah, eating awesome. the, the animal so good stuff do you want to finish this one off with a poem since we haven't had one for a week or two oh man sure 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 <clears throat> okay maybe it'll open up things that you forgot about which it probably sure. will <laughs> um all right so pearl takes place in a wizard of oz-esque set but it's very dark nature makes this movie one you won't forget we have the lovely pearl who dreams of becoming a dancer with high ambitions but she's only performed for cows geese and chickens her husband's gone off to the war and now she's left to help her family at the farm with her chair-ridden father and strict mother her brain begins to sound the alarm It starts with a heated argument with her mom where she catches her own fire and leaves her to burn while her father watches in agony but can't do anything to help. He knows it'll soon be his turn. She meets a projectionist and he shows her a dirty show. Fast forward to them in bed and then a whole lot of uh uh-oh. He drops (laughs) her off at home and he catches her in a lie which which turns into the projectionist getting stabbed to death by a pitchfork. Bye-bye. Now (laughs) off to her dance audition where surely she'll get the part. But she doesn't, and her dreams come crashing down, her poor heart. She's comforted by her sister-in-law, where Pearl gives the best damn monologue I've ever seen. But the results in her admitting her dark and twisted ways, Ruth, it's time to run and scream. She doesn't make it far before she's axed down, and then after everything is sort of cleaned up, her husband is back in town. Howard, I know you've seen a lot in the war, so you'll stay by your wife. Through heaven and hell, and future swings with a knife. Damn. Yeah, you Ashley's poetry corner is back. <laughs> <laughs> you brought it back in a big way, and <laughs> I don't have anything else to add. Thank you very much. Oh <laughs> no, that was that was a perfect 
summary and one thing we didn't touch on very much is like you meant you okay one thing to add you <laughs> oh, interesting mentioned the adult film there's not like porn uh, making doesn't play a huge role in this movie like it does in x and presumably magazine and so this just plants the seed so to speak of nice. what the franchise is going to be all about going forward like the the different eras of porn and its effect on some people are trying to break into the industry or break into uh, being a film star in any way they can mm-hmm. and porn is one avenue for that which is a perfect segue thank you very much to <laughs> rank the blank this week we have a appropriate, interesting sponsor, as always. <laughs> I would say it's a fake sponsor, but good luck finding this if it's not. So <laughs> eat your heart out. Who is your celebrity soulmate? Which movie or recording star are you most compatible with? Who would make your best date or mate? It's written in the stars. Just call Star Match and take the astrological personality quiz. Answer questions with your touchtone phone and you'll be matched up with your most compatible celebrity. They said Luke Perry's my perfect match. Oh my Roberts, wow. Just a dollar ninety-five <laughs> per minute under eighteen. Get permission. Call now and discover your perfect star match. P.S. We'll even give you their address so you can contact them for your first date. Whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. That got creepy real fast. One nine hundred four nine five star match. Who uh did you get, Ashley, when you called in? Um let's see, let's see, let's see. I got the projectionist. Whoever that actually Oh, is. okay. I was gonna say Jason Bateman. I don't know why. <laughs> Jason Bateman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. <laughs> Who did you get? Um Jessica Simpson, you know. Oh, okay. Obvious nice. star match for nice. me. Yeah. <laughs> Break the blank. Oh, I was is... going to say David Arquette. I'm going to stick with David Arquette. I'll do that okay. Yeah. yeah. I'll go Courtney Cox then. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Let's keep it in the fam <laughs> all the way around. Um, <laughs> Break the blank is where we pick a topic inspired by this week's movie and rank our personal favorites, our very, very personal favorites. This week's topic is personal favorite eras of pornography i think we have a caller derek do you want to yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome if, if he had timed it to call in right now yeah <laughs> so uh jokes aside this is not going to be a personal look at our favorite eras of pornography this is going to be an academic deep dive into the kind of four major eras of filmed pornography so when i research this the um explicit cave drawings that you can (laughs) unearth going back to the origins of man uh pornography is as old as is man is my point but filmed pornography kind of starts um where pearl picks up so do you want to run through the the eras real quick and then we'll rank them somehow sure (laughs) um (laughs) So we have the whoring, roaring 20s, so super underground things. Um, The boogie-woogie 70s, so there's like porno theaters galore everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. We have VHS popping off in the 80s and 90s behind the curtains. You like these puns? Yeah, yeah, they're pretty funny and weird. Uh, The internet is also now 30% porn now, so that's the next phase of what's going on. So from the 20s to the internet. 
Yes. Yeah. Basically, twenties, seventies into the very early eighties, the Boogie Nights era, and then home video changes everything, and then internet porn definitely changes everything. The thirty percent number. I tried to get uh, firm data on this, but it varies. You know, every search result you check, like. Uh, 20% of mobile searches are for porn. Only 4% of overall traffic is porn, but 30% of downloads are porn. So who knows? It's <laughs> ubiquitous on the internet, way more accessible than ever before. Do you have any ideas of how you want to rank these? I was thinking about like style. <laughs> personal criteria. Yeah. I mean, like by personal, I just mean, yeah, like. Yeah. Like I think... um the actual like boogie woogie seventies are the most fascinating to me just because it's like really out there and just like crazy, like outfits and just the music's really, really fun. There's glitter everywhere. I don't know. It just seems, it seems the most fascinating to me. So that's what I would like to go with. Yeah. I, you know, as a thorough, uh, movie goer, I was going to rewatch X, but just kidding. <laughs> yeah. I watched every, porn movie that came out from 1918 till present <laughs> oh what a what an exhaustive exercise <laughs> a lot of research i did watch boogie nights and there are so many parallels between dirk diggler's journey and maxine's that it's it's kind of crazy even the mother issue so mark Wahlberg's character in boogie nights has this emotionally abusive um stifling mother who keeps telling him how dumb he is and in that he, he has no business pursuing his dreams i mean he is dropping out of school yeah and you know has like all these uh, posters up on his wall it's pretty hilarious how they kind of reveal some of his character traits but nonetheless it is an absolute and burt reynolds is kind of is the director character in boogie nights and he takes uh, he gives Mark Wahlberg this long speech about how he doesn't want people to come to the the movie theater, jerk off, and then leave. He wants them to stew and sit in their happy juice until the credits roll. And he wants the movie to be so compelling that they mm-hmm. aren't going to leave the theater. They're not coming there just to jerk off. So 70s. One one notable thing about that era is they were making film on film to be seen in theaters. Huge investment of time and labor and resources. So like you did get a lot of people. Well, who knows? I'm basing a lot of this <laughs> on Boogie Nights, but you got at least some people who took it serious as a filmmaking exercise. And the viewers had to try to go access it they couldn't pull it up on their phone they had to go out in public and sit in the theater so which is crazy that's an investment on a few different levels as well Mm -hmm. (laughs) so good choice with the 70s i i think that leaves me either with the 80s into the 90s the home video era or internet porn and there's next to no artistic value in modern porn yeah. It seems uh, more exploitative than ever. It There's, you know, horrible uh, things like revenge porn and mm-hmm. just like disguising 
uh, feeding the worst things that you see that you get fed on like your social media algorithm that kind of uh, play to your basis tastes yeah. are times a million in porn terms, you know, whether it's um, incest or any number <laughs> of taboos yeah, really gross. Uh, that are like not healthy taboos, the, that is you, just like ever present. One of the, you know, like you, it'll be at the top of every um, porn <laughs> um, YouTube for porn type yeah. site that you find. So that's what you're picking? Just so I am, yeah, going all in on that now. Um, I, I would say that the the stigma has been reduced and the accessibility is again at an all time high. So if there is an argument for modern day, it's just that you don't have to hide it and or you don't have to like work hard to find it. Yeah. Remember but behind the curtain at like Booby Two K or whatever? the little yeah. video store we had and it was like there's just like little curtain you can go behind and like that's where all the porn is she's kind of like what yeah and that's that that's kind of it's a mini version of the level of commitment that is required in the 70s so i think the mm -hmm. 70s and the 80s are going to be duking it out yeah for the the crown here because the 20s based on what we learned from pearl which isn't very much like yeah it's it's kind of these um novelty films that are being that are being made it is probably it's it would be very taboo and interesting to get your hands on those films in that time period where everyone is super society is super repressed mm -hmm. yet the urges to watch it and make it are clearly still there so i do think you know the 20s are uh, way ahead of their time it would prove in the 70s and 80s <laughs> that yeah. there was a extreme appetite for it but yeah i think we're gonna probably go with the 20s in last place so mm -hmm. what do you think between film uh, boogie nights era versus home video behind the curtain era mm, i'm still going boogie nights era i think it's more exciting although the concept of like watching like a porn with all these strangers in a theater is very weird yeah. Um, the actual porn quality itself is really high, which is pretty cool. Like it's making it about an experience and less about the actual like act. Yep. Um, so I like that aspect of it. It's more artsy. You're there for the plot is what you're yep. saying. Yep. Yeah. So you're going to stay, you you're going to stay to the end. I, it's, it's tough. I, I'm, I think the heyday of when it was most, respected and treated with care as a medium is the 70s so i think i'm going to agree with you there i'm going to be very excited to see how uh the third the third movie in this yeah pearl trilogy maxine uh handles the 80s because just the aesthetic of the 80s you know uh, from this podcast and from my personal taste is is uh hard to beat yep <laughs> so that'll be that'll be really interesting but the 70s, just having Boogie Nights fresh in my mind gave me a true appreciation for the level of, of care and thought and seriousness that they treated that with. And it wasn't a stigma because you were everyone was working so hard and taking what they were doing seriously. And not just it, there's characters that are in Boogie Nights that are trying to get Burt Reynolds to transition to video mm -hmm. and for, cause there's going to be so much money there. 
and you know he's loaded so he can yeah. ha- he can have the uh, uh freedom to say no but mm-hmm. he sticks to his his guns and decides to stay on stay making you know film as long as he can yeah all right so 70s then 80s 90s and then 20s yep well cool. oh, that was i think we i think we did a good job of treating that respectfully yeah. and not uh saying anything too embarrassing Yep, I think so too. <laughs> All right. Good job, well, us. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it wasn't easy, but let's get back to our feature presentation. All right. Ashley, what has the reception to Pearl been like? People are liking it. And I think that's tough because it's such a weird movie. Um mm-hmm. But the reviews are really high. I'll read you a couple of them. They're not as high as X, but they're still okay. like pretty high up there. Um, so a couple of reviews. Um, West and Goth created an inventive, unique slasher genre in a movie worth rewatching several times. Mm. Like, okay. Um, and then Goth makes the most of a croaking, lengthy one-take monologue during which a new horror monster is born. Pro is wow. the rare origin story where you see the breakdown happening in real time. Which gives me chills even reading that because it's you think about our monologue and you're like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah no that's a great that's a great summation right there Oof. um how's it doing in the box office solid um oops what did i just click there it is um it's by the time we're releasing this early october it's been out for a few weeks now so it it debuted with kind of with a three million dollar opening um it's actually being overshadowed a little bit by another horror movie at the box office called Barbarian, yes, which I've seen and is awesome and absolutely see both Pearl and Barbarian. And they're both being overshadowed by The Woman King, uh, oh, which okay. was an interesting historical drama with an all black cast uh, set in Africa. So good for good for The Woman King. Um leading up to uh, a new black panther movie coming later this year so oh wow okay yeah not that they're related and not that all movies about africa are the same so (laughs) oops (laughs) well um okay so would you consider this movie a new release or old news (laughs) the old dilemma here Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's literally a new release and yeah. it's uh, set in an old time period, but holds up for modern audiences. An really old well. new release, <laughs> so, a new old release. Yeah, I don't need. I guess I don't need to make it too complicated. It's it's a new release for me. Yeah, for sure. It's so it's really good. I would go see it again. Um, and I don't do that very often. So just for a really hurt nine minute monologue, which is just it's crazy. Yeah, it would be um, fun to see all three of them kind of as close yeah. together as possible once once that's possible once that's, that's an option. Possible. <laughs> I saw it so I, I meant to ask you, I saw it with uh my friend Jen and she liked it a lot. She had not seen and still hasn't seen X. So oh. did you see it with someone who had already seen X? Yeah, so I saw it with my friend okay. Brian who I saw X with as well. Okay, cool. Yeah, it was interesting kind of uh, hearing her perspective. She really liked it. I don't think she like was blown away by it. Yeah, um, she was blown away by Nia Gott's performance and a lot of the mm-hmm. things we've we've talked about. But 
maybe based on her reaction that's kind of where i like came up with me remembering i was blown away by x and yeah uh, this one felt like it just enriched that experience yeah so, i agree again. i mean i i really liked both movies but yeah. i think it was nice to have x first just so you can be like oh that's from here and this is from this and da, da, da. but right they're standalone as well so sweet all right so new releases across the board um yep. are we gonna how, are we gonna do this next one i don't think so okay it's just yeah, there's no reason to do how early 90s is a movie set in 1918. So, any um, comment on our score from last week? Oh, a perfect 92 for Mighty <laughs> Ducks. Uh, yeah. Don't love that, but you know. Do you not love it? I mean, would you not have uh, agreed? I mean, I think it'd be really high. I think a perfect score is tough because do you think it's going to be the most 90s movie that we watch? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I would have thought okay. that going in. We've we've okay. uh, you, we usually know. I mean, we had Ninja Turtles and Home Alone in yeah. the same year, so that was going to be tough. But Fast we Times e. was the most night. Oh wait, did ET win? Right? Yeah, ET was the most. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, sometimes oh, yeah. you just know if we were just looking at the list, the schedule ahead of time. Mm-hmm. I think, but you know, you have a an equal vote. We'll get to relitigate it at the end of okay. the nineties or at the end of this. And singles got ninety. Wow. Well, I know like the outfits alone are like completely 90s. Yeah, that was unusual for our system because it actually felt really grounded in it's not like a hyper real version of a time period. I mean, it kind of is exaggerated, but it was like very realistically 92. Oh, cool. Nice. All right. So, yeah, I wouldn't rank this movie only because it's in it's not going to be in the top anything so yeah um we'll skip that but we can still include something from pearl on the new release gift shop so each week when we watch a movie we take something from that movie and we sell it for a profit um right now we have the new release soundtrack yeah what's on that (laughs) our favorite poems and raps and all your number one hits oh perfect (laughs) um and then we have a new release secret diary Mm-hmm. which is okay so it's 100 pages only but you get one page per purchase which is pretty cool yep. and a snow globe hans store what yeah so hans is the equipment um sporting goods uh proprietor proprietor in mighty ducks oh okay so it's a snow oh, that's globe cool. yeah i mean I like we could have done that. a hockey jersey but we <laughs> pivoted no to I, a like snow the, globe. I like the snow globe i like that cool um okay so sure what it's do we not our to... first snow globe by the way edward yeah, Scissorhands, i don't maybe. think so either <laughs> Um, but new year, you know? Yeah. Um, so what do we want to include from this movie? Ooh, baby gator, uh, pitchfork, Aww. uh, gator eggs, um, uh, something red. What about gator <laughs> eggs that you can eat? Like they're like candy. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So it's kind of gross. Just, into just for Halloween. No, you won't turn to an alligator. <laughs> they're just TV. edible gator eggs, but they're not actually <laughs> alligators you're eating. It's just like candy. Right. Will they impregnate you? Maybe. Okay. Cool. Well, as long as as long as that's a possibility, I will <laughs> chow down. Delicious treat or pregnancy, one or the other. Yeah. Um. Cool. So, what are we watching next week? I have a I have a proposition for you, or Ooh, okay. a question for you. Sure. Our two options are one. There is a new Hellraiser movie coming out on Hulu, Ooh. so we could stay in 2022 and pick up 
sort of where we left off with Hellraiser 3 and the six to 12 movies that came between that and, <laughs> and this one that I think is okay. just called Hellraiser, follows a female uh, Cenobite. So that's a strong contender or probably the best Steven Seagal movie he's oh, ever no. made, Under Siege, The Boat. Boring. Okay, cool. I I, I didn't want, I wanted to stick with horror but I, then I realized I kind of uh, lost track of, of what was coming out in 92 and saw that Under Siege. I know we watched this movie as a kid. Steven Seagal sucks as a person. Yeah, I don't like uh, Steven we, Seagal. We covered that. So yeah. I thought it would be at least worth considering. But let's let's stay in 2022. Yeah, let's do Hellraiser. Sweet. When does that come out? Or is it out now? Uh, yeah. So for the audience, it comes out on Hulu October 7th. Oh, so perfect. we'll okay. watch it and then we'll record it and release that a week from when you're listening to this. Ooh, so I get to watch two. Har- I get to watch Barbarian and Hellraiser in the same week. Yeah, awesome. Barbarian is going to be awesome. We might, we should probably just talk about that too because uh, <laughs> we're going to be in present day. I've okay. already seen it. It's probably my favorite movie of the year. Spoiler on, on my reaction to it, but nothing, awesome. uh, nothing else. It's such a fun movie to see without knowing much about it and i can't wait to hear your reaction there yes i also think that when we watch maxine because i'm sure we all will we should do a trifecta episode of all three of those movies and talk about them yeah triple x yes perfect (laughs) well that's it for a new release this week if you want to follow along for our adventures in 2022 1992 on Instagram at New Release Podcast, which we're keeping pretty up to date, whatever that means lately. <laughs> you can subscribe to the podcast by searching New Release on Spotify or Apple or anywhere else you get podcasts. Ashley? That's a creepy smile. Ooh. <laughs> we are, <laughs> we're both doing it right now. Uh, uh... I don't know if you can't see it, but... Oh, you man. can feel it. You can feel the mics <laughs> shivering. Ugh. So romantic. I know. <laughs> Have you seen the trailer for Smile? No, speaking of smiles, I saw like a oh, five man. second TV ad or something for it. It's really scary looking. You'll never look at smiles again the same way or something. I know. I was like, well, maybe I will. (laughs) Yeah.